0: Welcome to the podcast about two good friends sharing stories to surprise and delight each other. I'm Courtney Farrell. And I'm Mason New.
1: And this is I Got One For You. Hi, welcome to I Got One For You. This is Courtney Farrell.
0: And this is Mason New.
1: And we're here for this little podcast, which actually is an excuse uh, for two friends to have a conversation. So welcome back. Um, Mason, just to jump right in, I got one for you,
0: which is why we called it that. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I'm walking down the street the other day. I was down in the fan, and I was in a back alley, and up on a brick wall was a cardboard sign that said, "This is a sign, <laughs> and of course, I, of course, and i I guess, so I stopped and. First of all, I was trying to contemplate a bunch of different things in my life, like whether to make a big purchase or not. And I was like, this mm. is a sign. I should go do it. The yeah. sign is right oh, here. Oh, right, th- right, right there. Right there. Take of a course. picture of it just to like, <laughs> you know, validate that, yes, in fact, I did receive a sign. But it got me thinking about signs and I don't uh, just the it, crazy impact that they can have on us. These mm-hmm. You can be walking into a coffee shop and see a sign hanging on a bulletin board and it can completely change the direction of your life. And it's really kind of fascinating when you think about it and there are lots of signs out there
0: so when you're when you're talking about signs you're talking about physical signs but also this other sense of sign that's like uh, a shove from the cosmos yes a push from behind yeah Yeah, Yeah. a four-leaf clover right when you need it you know whatever.
1: all these different signs that we're taking in right? right and we're paying attention to which is i think kind of interesting
0: so do you have a good story about a time where you had some cosmic experience with the sign or some major oh, man. event.
1: I mean, you know, I do. <laughs> I mean, I've of had l- I've had plenty of cosmic ones. I guess I can tell you about those in a moment. But I, the most impactful sign I think I've ever seen in my life happened when I was 12 years old. I was um, in s- the seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um. Walking the halls of the seventh grade life of middle school, which is a treacherous thing to do, and uh, I came up on this bulletin board, and there was a sign that said cross country. Um, t- sign cross country. Not, there wasn't weren't tryouts. There's no tryout mm-hmm. for cross country. It's sort of like they that like the catch all basket for people who can't do other things. Right? right. At the time, I didn't know that, but it said cross country practice today. You know, 345. And I, I stood there and looked at it, and I thought, you know, I have never been to California, and I would love to go. And <laughs> I think cross-country. Cross country. Of course. Like, this might be the sport for me. Like We're going right. to train to run, run across, across the, the country. country. <laughs> and only a a I mean, I think probably only a fifth grader would think that, but in my seventh grade mind, yeah. that made perfect sense. And so after school, I mean, my parents were both working. They didn't kind of check when I was coming home at seventh grade. So I just walked down to the place where the practice was starting. And when I got there, there were all these older people standing around, like seniors, and there, there were no middle schoolers there. So I got a little intimidated, and I there was this bell, um, I guess, in the center of the – the campus and mm-hmm. so i went and I, I hid behind the bell and just watched all these older people sort of congregating oh wow and uh then finally they all sort of stopped i guess prior to that i asked somebody i said where's the cross country and the the boy had said well it's over here and then I, that's when i got scared and hid behind the bell and then they all sort of turned at some point and there was a man with an orange hat and they all pointed over to the bell and then this man with an orange hat came by and said, are you here for cross country? And I sort of stood up from behind the bell and said, I am. He goes, well, it's over here. And that started, wow. you know, uh, that changed my life fundamentally because up until that point, I didn't have something to be truly passionate about and some something to call my own. I mean, most of my decisions have been made by some adult, right? This right. was the first sure. decision sure. to be right. made that was you know because i saw a sign and just sort of had an imagination about what it was and then it turned out we we actually didn't run to california for those <laughs> you of did, you did. who you are did. wondering <laughs> <laughs> that's not what cross country is <laughs> it's you just run 3.1 miles yeah. in a race which doesn't get you very far but you, know. you
0: may have run so many miles that it's the equivalent of running. You know what? That's to, actually th- probably true. To, to yeah, there we
1: go. I have run to California. You have
0: run to California. It's just, it just three-mile units. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I didn't end up there. Yeah. But there we go. It's like if you really think, if I think about my own life, and, you know, I I ran substantially from the time I was 12 until really now, but I ran through college and, and after that point in time, and it's that sign. I mean, I had never heard of it before.
0: Why, why do you think that? Why did you decide right then and there to go run? I'm tr- I'm just trying to understand. You see the sign, but then why do you?
1: Yeah, and you know what? This follow is the, that. This is the greatest part. This is the part that I look back on and say, "Don't you love life? It had nothing to do with running.
0: Uh-huh. It had
1: to do with in my very well developed internal world. Right. I would like to go to California. That's it." <laughs> and how you fall into things because of a misunderstanding. It's just a mm-hmm. misunderstanding. It's like, well, I'm here now. and They're running and these people are kind of cool and I might as well come back tomorrow. And then it just sort of like then it all unfolded. So I mean, you talked about cosmos and you know, yeah. I'm not I don't mean to be a little like a little woo-woo here, but maybe that's just what Maybe that's just the path the universe wanted me to take. So it's like, just tell her that it's gonna go to California. Put that idea in her <laughs> mind. She'll go. She's crazy like that, you know. <laughs> She'll hey, guys, follow anything. hey guys,
0: I got one. I got one. I got one for you. This is the Cosmos talking to his <laughs> other Cosmos yeah. buddies. <laughs> exactly. like, I got one for you. That one right down there. Yeah, we're gonna make her think that she's actually gonna yeah, run exactly. to California. Exactly. <laughs> well, what did you, did you have running shoes? No, first no, no. You should. What see? did you run in?
1: Whatever I wore to school. I mean, I I can <laughs> tell you. I used to show up. And I was young. Like no, I lied the first day, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I lied the first day. They they had you sign your name up and then your age. And I was 12. And I was looking at all these older people thinking, gosh, you're not going to let me do this. I'm way too young. So mm-hmm. I wrote 13 down uh-huh. because we all uh-huh. know that 13 is so much older than 12. So of course it's. Like 12's so much. a baby, 13's yeah. a teenager. Yeah, and everyone, right. you know, I, I would arrive soon, soon sure. enough. So I, you know. I got there from a complete misunderstanding and in a lie, and you know <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. And then, but,
0: and then, but then your whole path, like it's a huge part of your
1: identity. Whole path, whole life changed. Yeah. I mean, really, the, I mean, I won't go too far into it, but the coaches I got to have, the right. being around as a younger person, being to be around these older boys and girls that treated me so well, and 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 gave me a template to follow you know it was it was awesome
0: so here here's a question i, I don't l- like to run i mean i'll do it and i've had times in my life where i ran you know and <clears throat> obviously when i was in the military we ran a lot and I, I, I i'm okay at it i'm not i'm not a natural runner and i don't have like tons of stamina but it's hard i find running really hard i like the mental aspect of it but i I, I find it physically very hard to do. So when you started running, when you thought you were running to California, you start this activity that, I mean, obviously you could run, but you hadn't run as a.
1: Not much. Not, oh, no, I had never so, run. So what
0: was th- what was that experience like when you start this activity? Was it just, you just naturally fell into it? And you're like, yeah, I can do it. Or was it hard for you? you no,
1: I, I, think, I think for me, it's always been about the people. I mean, Mm -hmm. when you go run on a team, on a running team, you don't go run like an adult goes to run. I mean, when we we adults talk about running, we're like, you put your old, tired, beat-up body in a (laughs) pair of shoes and get on the pavement, and you just, like, slog it out by yourself. Right. That's miserable. I mean, I will tell you right now, I do not enjoy that. But when you're running with, like, three good-looking seniors and a couple of older girls, like, this is, like, you just fall into it. Now, I was out of shape. I mean my coach Mr. Nystrom pushed me up that Tapoan hill. I can I, I remember him coming up behind me putting his hand on my back and he just pushed me like so I keep going. Wow. And I, I I I remember that only because about 5 months later we're running and we end up going up that hill and by now everyone's kind of fit and I think he'd had a kind of a, a tough night the night before. <laughs> tough being I think he'd gone out with some friends and uh-huh. had a couple Drinks and so he was hurting that day. and I remember I had to push him up the hill. (laughs) I was like, "I've arrived," you know. But yeah, I don't. I because I'm
0: because I'm twelve and I'm not hungover. But then I was (laughs) thirteen. Oh, of course. Excuse me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, No, I Mm -hmm. really do think it's about the people. I mean, if I think if you're somebody who wants to start running, is that you get a group of people Mm -hmm. and you do it. I I personally love running with with. I'm going to say the word boys. I'm going back to my thirteen year old, but you know, guys, Mm -hmm. because um, I think a lot of times when girls run. They like to talk about their problems and when guys run, they just the the conversation's just different. It's just it's not about, you know, the latest issue you're trying to solve for. It's just it's just light and fun and, mm-hmm. you know, I got one for you kind of stuff. You know, huh. which is really fun. Um, uh, plus the fact you're doing something hard yeah. with a group of people. If you think about it, when in your life, other than the military, when you were out of school, w- or even in school, when did you do something hard? with a group of people, physical. And it's I through sport. Never, that's yeah, it. Right, right? Right. And so you have this like internal deep respect for the people you're doing this with they've seen you at your worst. You know, there's you're just like there's this energy that's about it. I love it. I love it so much that when I go to races now, when I go to a cross country meet or a track meet now, I am filled with this really electric feeling, spirit. I I, I get I, I, I tell myself I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stand there, I'm gonna be quiet. And the second my foot hits near the, the course, I am yelling louder than anybody else. I am like diving into the woods so that other adults can't see me cheering people on mm-hmm. because it's so exciting to me. I mean, it's, it's, it's probably a little weird, honestly, but I can't help it. It's and just, it.
0: And it came from that one sign.
1: One sign. One handwritten. In, handwritten. Handwritten. It wasn't printed up. Handwritten sign. Ballpoint pen. Pinned up. Casually on a board. And
0: can you just see it clear as day, clear as in, day, in your mind?
1: Clear as day. I mean, have you ever had? Have you ever? It's random. You just go on a walk. You see a sign. Have you ever had anything that just sort of hits you or or gets your attention and you can't kind of get it out of your head?
0: Mm, yes. um But one. Well, you were you when you started talking about going on a walk. <clears throat> I like to go on walks because I don't like to run. <laughs> <laughs> um so, I've been walking in the fan a lot lately, and um, I saw um, this sign that someone had put out, and it was actually a chalkboard. Ah. And I'm walking up on this, and I, I've walked down this block a dozen times, and I've never seen the chalkboard, except for the other day. And it says, um, the the people who put it out just put out a question, apparently, every day, and then they put the chalk or the or the chalk pens, and then they every day take a picture of what people have written in response to their question. So cool. And then um, and then they put the book out of all their past questions and what people have said. So, um, so you know, for example, um, so I walked by just the other day, and it was, um, well, what's your favorite ethnic restaurant? And I sat there, and I'm like, I don't know. Cause I haven't been to a restaurant in so, so long. long. I it just my mind went blank on that. But then there were there was been some other ones when I've walked by that are pretty interesting. Like, what's your favorite smell, or what's your favorite uh, fall activity?
1: Okay, um, so let's stop on that. What is your favorite smell?
0: Um, well, <laughs> I've always liked the smell of gasoline. And the smell of skunks.
1: Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> your favorite smells the smell of gasoline and skunks.
0: And skunks.
1: It is a really good thing that you met <laughs> Melissa before the age of internet dating. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no, no, oh. because it'd be like you're trying <laughs> to do your like you're trying to do your whatever the dating yeah. app yeah, profile right. is. And right. It's like a Mason uh, New. Uh, you know, I've got a full head of dark hair. <laughs> you know, I like walking, <laughs> and my favorite smells are gasoline <laughs> and skunks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it would oh. be, I would have so many, so oh. many people flocking to me. Oh, yeah. really? Uh-huh. That's, a, that's yeah. an attractor.
1: Skunk, <laughs> Mason? Skunk? Skunk. I can't go there with you because as a child, not as a child, as a teenager, our dogs would always run, have <clears throat> run ins with skunks. Mm-hmm. And if your dog has a run in with a skunk, the entire family has a run-in with a skunk. And I attribute it to the reason why no one ever asked me out until I was like, well beyond 17, because I think I always had this sort of light odor of skunk. <laughs> hmm. What what perfume is that?
0: Oh, it's eau de skunk. Oh,
1: God, it was really upsetting. It would, it would stick. So you, there are people out there who might have found that attractive. That's now, what I, I'm glad to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that, is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> now, now... To be fair, I've never gotten sprayed. Okay. I've never gotten sprayed by a skunk. So, I, you know, if I'd had that experience, I I might think differently about it. But, you know, I grew up out in eastern Henrico County, and, you know, there were skunks all around. And, you know, someone would hit some skunk, you know, on the road, and the whole road would smell like a skunk. And we'd drive through it, and I'd be like,
1: Oh, it smells great. <laughs> well, I was trying to think. So you were just saying that. I'm trying to think of, you know— of smells, I don't know that I don't know that I like the smell of a, asparagus pea, but there's some <laughs> part of me that feels like I'm alive when I smell I'm like, yep, everything's working right. <laughs> I am,
0: all systems go, all
1: things working well, you know. But it's an odd one to to pop into your head. But I, I definitely definitely can't, I don't think like, ooh, I just think like, oh, I had asparagus. Yeah,
0: I, I I'm with you on that one. It's not one of those things like, mm, you know, have a little uh, snifter of skunk, gasoline, and asparagus pee. But, um, but I do. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, with you I on have.
1: That. I have often thought about. I know this is getting off topic, but hey, why not? I've often thought about smells that, you know, we as humans categorize smells as good or bad, right? And and dogs categorize all smells as interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean, every smell? It's just like. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> they just—that's how they identify each other. That's that is how they identify <laughs> each other. But everything mm. I'm, I, I I've sometimes I don't want to be a dog, no, but I do wish that I could have more of a, of a isn't that interesting kind of approach to smell versus.
0: Well, you know, we have a, two basset hounds, and I've never owned hounds before, and what I find fascinating is to watch them when they get on a scent that's interesting you know because their whole face nose and ears are designed to put be at the perfect angle to go along the and follow the scent but what's more interesting to me is when i see them pick up something in the air and it's like their 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 nostrils and their whole body and everything is following this invisible scent and the the the, the their whole snout moves up and down on these wi- on these currents, it's 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 wild to watch.
1: That's awesome. Well, I I I do know that sometimes a smell can can transport you so viscerally, so viscerally back in a memory. That how much our memory is locked yeah, in. Yeah, it's to apparently. Smell. Yeah, right. Because I saw actually I saw a TED talk about this about smell and about how industries are trying to. So many of the smells that we associate with our memories are chemicals; they're not natural smells. Oh. So it's not cut grass; it's not these things. It's it's the you know it's the detergent that your grandmother mm-hmm. used or whatever else, and how they're trying to replicate all these smells and candles and whatever else. And so i really started to think about which like how many more natural smells I can get to be in my memory palette versus just these like chemical laden ones. Anyway, that's a, that's a that's a rabbit hole, but I, th- I found it fascinating. That's very interesting yeah
0: all right well i mean we're talking about smells but i want to go back to signs okay so years ago i saw this sign on a bus for sofa king yeah it was a business called sofa king
1: Right, they sell sofas.
0: Yeah, they sell sofas. Yeah,
1: like, like the warehouse king. Yeah, like right. The mattress, mattress king. king yeah, yeah, the sofa king. And, of
0: course, their tagline was, our prices are sofa king low. And, I mean, that's funny, right? Yeah. But I, then, when I was teaching my students, I showed them, because I was trying to, like, make a point about... How words in concise words everything so I put the thing up on the on the uh, on the board or you know displayed it somehow, and so we all had a big and laugh they loved it. it. Yeah, they we all had a big laugh about it, and then I said, "So I'll tell you what, you can always use sofa king to explain anything in this class. So if you want, you're certainly welcome to say, Mr. New." This test is sofa,
1: sofa king, king hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't. You, no, no, you, you, you had to. You had to have the pause. Sofa, you had to have sofa king, because if you because otherwise you would have been swearing in class and we would have had a problem.
1: Well, I can tell you right <laughs> now that that will become um, a mantra in our family. Uh, I, think. <laughs> I think. Oh,
0: oh and there the kids, you know, the students would they would raise their hand, Mister New, <laughs> this quiz. Is sofa king hard. <laughs> but here, but here's another one. So, I mean, just going back to what we were talking about, how the cosmos gives you a shove. And oh, you yeah. had this pretty serious one. The cosmos also gives you little nudges and little shoves in funny ways, too. So, <clears throat> right before I came over here, talking about signs, I get a text from a friend of mine named Butler... Who lives, um, he, he's in Atlanta, and um, he sends me a picture of this restaurant that he has gone to, and it's a Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah. And their tagline is Vietnamese and barbecue. Okay. And have you ever had, it's spelled P-H-O? Yeah, pho. Yeah. Okay. Pho. So, yeah. Fa, I'm phu. sorry. Yeah, right, phu. right, yeah, right. Get... And it's delicious, right? Yes, it's, it's amazing. A, you know, yeah, so fa. Yeah. So the name of the restaurant, remember, it's Vietnamese and barbecue is Fa Q. <laughs> 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 I mean, right before I came over there, he sends me. Right before I came to this record this conversation, he sends me this this picture, and then. While I'm walking up here to record it, he sends me another picture of the hat that he just bought from the restaurant. Sure, and it says Fuh, Q, and your mother.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they knew what they were yeah. doing there. They knew what they were doing. Well, you know, I got to tell you, so I, just funny signs. The 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 funniest sign I think I've ever seen. I actually had a had a hand in making, and I did. I didn't know it at the time. It wasn't like I set out to to be a part of making a funny sign. But when when I was younger, and we talked about this before, but I I have some special mix of of learning challenge. You know, I don't know, no one cares as an adult, but as a child, it would have been something close to dyslexia, sprinkled with some other exciting ways that my mind didn't behave like other people's. And um, so spelling has always, always been an issue of mine. As you know, I'm not telling you something you don't know. And it's humorous at this point. I mean, in college, we used to have, just for the fun of it, spelling bees between my roommate and me just to see who would mess it up more.
0: (laughs) So you won by Oh, yeah, you like ridiculousness. Like innuendo.
1: It's like I-N-U-W-I-N-D-O. What's wrong? Um, Anyway. Window. So, (laughs) So my sister, who was five years older than I was, she was in eighth grade, and they had something called Angel Mortal Day. And that's what you, you, know, you reached in a hat and you pulled out the name of a classmate and you were their angel, which meant you had to do something nice for them, bring them a bucket of candy or write right. them a colorful right. note with right. hearts and arrows and whatever all over it. So my sister drew a girl whose name was Sarah. I don't remember Sarah's last name, doesn't matter. But she was, my sister got a huge poster board out and was making this amazing, she was quite an artist, making this amazing poster board with Sarah's name written across the top. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she asked me, I, I remember this distinctly, she said, hey, Courtney, how do you spell Sarah? And why she asked me how to spell <laughs> Sarah, I still don't know, and I, I don't think she knows why either. Because all I, all I could remember at that moment was that Sarah was a tricky one. Mm-hmm. That Sarah had a hidden H, a silent oh. H. Oh, the silent yeah, the H. The silent H. <laughs> and I just said, "Listen, Sarah's tricky. You can't forget the silent H. It's. I'm pretty sure it's, it's S H A R A. So she, Sarah, so Sarah. she, she writes this poster board. It's beautiful. She takes it to school. I'm so proud. I'm so excited to hear how Sarah likes her poster board. Like, this is a really big deal, uh-huh. all right? Uh-huh. I'm in fifth grade at the time, whatever, all right? So my sister comes home and I say, how was it? How was Angel Mortal day? You know, d- did you, how was it? And she said, oh, it, was, it was fine, you know, talk about it. I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? Did she, did she get your poster? She said, eventually, eventually she she got my poster. And I said, what do you mean eventually? You, you hung it up where everyone could see it. She said, I did. I did hang it up where everyone could see it. Um, but she didn't realize it was hers until the end of the day. I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "The H is at the end." <laughs> <laughs> Shara, Sh- Shara. What if, I mean, what
0: if every word had a, a silent H?
1: Oh yeah, I think it's in there. It's yeah. hidden in there somewhere for me. <laughs> I mean, oh my gosh, Shara. I-
0: <laughs> you could you could think of it. Think of what you could do with the silent H. You could you could be like you could turn to your kids, you know, and you could say. S H I T down for dinner. Sit sit down for you dinner, could. but but it's a silent H. It's age, a silent so. H.
1: It's a silent H. People, yeah. I I just goodness gracious, that was um that was one I'll never forget. And my sister and I to this day, all I have to do is look at her and say, "Shera," she she, just, she breaks out. It's so good.
0: Uh, you know what? I just thought of. This is going back to what I said before. <laughs> it's sorta of related. But you know that sign that I was telling you about where they asked what's my favorite ethnic restaurant? Yeah. Obviously, oh, you got it I, now. I got it now. You got it now. I'm <laughs> obviously going back to write <laughs> for you.
1: I think you are. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to. So I there are lots of different signs. I'll tell you a crazy one. So I um I had this great friend, Amy Krauss Rosenthal, and you may know her. I remember
0: you telling me about her.
1: So before. she's one of my favorite authors, yeah, but we ended right. up becoming friends because we both were giving a speech one time at a, at a TED conference. And she's she, you, probably those of you who are listening know her because she wrote an article in the Chicago Tribune um, called You May Want to Marry My Husband. And she wrote it two weeks before she died, and it was sort of this oh, love yeah. letter to her husband, right. but it was also giving him permission to, wow, to like, go out and have another life when she was gone. Mm-hmm. But a few days before she died, and we were we were, um, I felt close enough to write this to her. Is I wrote her a note and just said, "Hey, listen, I um, no one ever wants to talk about death, but it seems silly not to talk about it now," and. I don't know what happens when you go, but if there's some way that you can communicate, I want you to know that I will be looking for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look for you. And, you know, she was a spectacular human being. I said, why don't you just, like, give me a sign, something in hundreds. And then I said, well, that might be a little challenging. How about Mm -hmm. threes? Mm -hmm. Just give me something in Mm -hmm. threes. I'll be looking. So about a month or two later, I was at the lewis ginder botanical gardens i was walking there with a client and we're walking and this, this cardinal flies in front of us and my client says to me there's a cardinal you know what that means don't you and i said i don't and she said that means somebody who's passed on is is thinking about you was like and she oh, said really? i want she said i wonder i think it's probably my father is what she said and i thought in my my mind i wonder who is for me like what is that mm-hmm. and we take about four more steps and there's a mother in front of us, and she has her little girl, and her little girl runs away from her, and she says, Amy, come back here right now. Oh, wow. And then, we walk on, Uh and we come around the corner, and we come back to all the other people. It was a big client engagement we were doing, and one of my teammates stands up and says, excuse me, I have a journal here, who here is named Amy? And then- I sat down and there was a, a one of the people at Lewis Ginder Botanical Gardens who was working there said came over to me and said can I get you something to drink and I said um I'd love some water thank you and I looked at her name tag and it was Amy Oh
0: my god Three, 3 bam bam
1: bam 3 wow sign and you want to know what Mason I don't care if that's real or not real because I don't want to live in a world where that's not real. Of course. And so for me, that's the world that, I live in. That's, yeah. Amy and, you know, Amy and I communicated.
0: I I'm totally agree with you. I, I believe in those things. N- no question. And when you were telling that story, I remember a similar type of event <clears throat> for me, which um, is pretty intense, but I'll tell it anyway. So probably one of the most difficult things that um, I've experienced, of course, is when my dad died 20 years ago. And then, you know, so lots of different things happened after that event. And my role in the family becomes something different, and it's a, you know, it's a complicated issue. Well, so then. So how old were you when your dad died? So I I was 22, just finished college. And he got sick in April of my senior year in college, and he died in September uh, of my—right after. And he died on Melissa's birthday, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, wow. It, you, know, you knew Melissa by Melissa and that. I were dating, but we were not engaged. Okay. So it, that's, that's sort of weird, but, you know, maybe coincidence. So anyway, so fast forward a few years after that, my sister um, gets married, and she's marrying this— Great guy, and it's a big, it's a joyous event, but you know, it's hard on my sister. I mean, you know, my dad's not there, and you know, she didn't, didn't have just, him to it, walk yeah, her down the yeah, aisle. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot, so yeah. Of course, she she asked, she I was very honest, she asked me to walk her down the aisle, and then also, then I would <clears throat> have to give the toast at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, I'm sorry, not the rehearsal dinner at the wedding yeah. itself. So, um, I spent a lot of time writing this toast and it's probably the best thing that I've ever written but I could not practice it without falling all to pieces I never I, I never actually finished reciting it when I practiced because I got so torn up about it just bawling my eyes out so we go to the the wedding and I'm walking her down the aisle and it's a it's a beautiful event St. James Church and we get there and of course you know we've done the rehearsals and everything like that and I'm standing there with her and her you know soon-to-be husband Judd and and I'm standing there and um the first lesson to be read it was Claire Parrish yeah, Claire stands up to read the lesson and none of this had happened in any of the rehearsals there was no thing like this and she's right before she reads the, the lamp on the lectern starts going off and on off and on off and on and I'm looking at that and I look at my sister and I look back up at the minister Randy Hollerith and his face, I will never forget it. I'm looking at his face and he knew. Randy knew what that was about. And I was like, he's here. Yeah. So then so then, fast forward to the, the event. And then the last thing I have to do is give, give the toast. Of which I have yet to read in its entirety and I could not memorize it I was; it was way too difficult for me to do that I mean at one point I was practicing in the basement of bathrooms somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I'm bawling my eyes out like somebody must have come in there <laughs> like there's this guy like bawling <laughs> while he's going to the bathroom <laughs> in the toilet <laughs> anyway so I get up there and I, I read it and it came out perfectly i didn't i didn't fall to pieces i didn't cry i got emotional the way i'm getting emotional now just sort of reliving this experience but um but that was a sign that lamp flipping on and off i mean and like you i I don't want to live in a world if that's not true that's right yeah
1: which is, you know, and it's, it's funny because you can hear stories like that. If you're unconnected to the person, you're, you can say, ah, what, what is that? It, uh, it's, it's interesting to me how, to me, I'm going with it. That, that, yeah. 100%, that was your dad. But the yep. best part about it is the feeling that you got yep. that that was your dad. It's not about the lamp going on and off. It's mm-hmm. the overwhelming understanding, that would be the word I would use, that you know you have this connection again for a moment for a moment. For a moment. And
0: then I get to retell this story to you however many years later and I get to experience it again because it's I mean I've I've only told that story maybe once before to somebody else.
1: Wow. Well, I I have an interesting thought. So for all of you out there who are listening, you know, we we have a a email address which is
0: I got one for you dot podcast at gmail.com.
1: So if you ever had experience like this or seen a sign out there, like write us about it. Tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, we'd love to hear. I, I think it'd be fascinating. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by that kind of stuff.
0: And it's, it's just to be clear, it's I-G-O-T-O-N-E-F-O-R-Y-A, I got one for you dot podcast at gmail so and we did not ask courtney (laughs) to for that email address because it would have the silent h all all in it it. and gmail google does not recognize the silent h (laughs) at all
1: (laughs) or any of the letters that i put in there you know andrew jackson said it was a damn poor mind that could only think of one way to spell a word and i have hung on that quote for my entire educational career so I you know it's funny so just I'm not trying to like pull the f- first story back to this story but I remember um my first cross country race coach throwing us all a jersey and he threw me one and I thought lucky numbers were stupid at the age of 12 and he threw me this jersey and it had the number 17 on it and I remember sarcastically saying okay well, then 17 is going to become my is my lucky number. I said it with all the dripping sarcasm that I, I could muster. S- the, the number 17 has guided me through my entire <laughs> life. If I'm getting on a plane, I'll look at my ticket, it'll say seat 17. I'm like, we're not going to crash. <laughs> You know, I'm going to a meeting, a bus goes by, it's the 17th bus, I'm like, the meeting's going to go well. It is, I feel like it is the way that the universe communicates with me. (laughs) Like, don't worry, Court, you got it on, there's a 17, 16 not so good, 18, (laughs) you better go back and get in bed, 17, that's the number.
0: So, if anybody listening out there keeps wondering why we're always episode number 17. (laughs) That's (laughs) the reason. (laughs) Court. We're we're running out of time, but I did want to ask you a question. Um, okay. I I remember seeing on your Instagram that you posted a sign, uh, it, and I believe it was all because two people fell in love. T-
1: oh yeah. T- oh, yeah.
0: T- tell me tell me about that. Yeah. Me, so I was
1: I was taking a walk in the fan, and I came across this really n- little ramshackled little. You know, fan house, and for those of you who don't know what the fan is, it's just a bunch of really pretty row houses in this one area of Richmond, and on this one particular door, it was this bright pink door, and there was a green sign on the door, and it said, all because two people fell in love. Wow. And I just sat there, I actually took a picture of it, and I sat there thinking, my gosh, what a profound thought, like all of the things that have Mm -hmm. happened, just because these two people fell in love, including my standing on a street corner for a long period of time in in wonderment. And I wrote a little something afterwards because it kind of just, I felt like I had to put it down. So I wrote this. It says, um, all because two people fell in love, this door is pink. This house is loud. This porch needs painting. These toys are scattered. This oven is hot. This bed is unmade. This floorboard is worn, this dog is misbehaved, this child is wondering, and this child is being silly. This icebox is decorated, this bill has arrived, this invitation is extended, this hair is gray. This tooth is straight, this guitar is played, this table is set, this ball is outside, and this watering can is filled with water. All because two people fell in love. I love that. It just that's so great it just uh it, it one sign and it profoundly moved me for an afternoon
0: well and it's true because we we have these relationships or these moments where we run into people for different reasons and you know back to what we talked about about the cosmos or some other there, there are these things that matter that happen and it's just not random
1: at all and that, I have I have one more thing I got for yeah. you, Mason. I got one for you. So the other day, and you know this because I I talked to you a little bit about how I had this vision of carrying balloons on a walk, really a great number of balloons on a walk <laughs> and how the visual for me <laughs> was something that I just I couldn't sleep at night until it came to fruition. And so one day it was pouring down rain and I just thought, "You know what? Today's the day." I am going to lift the joy quotient. I'm going to go to the balloon store. I'm going to buy 100 yellow balloons, and I'm going to go on a walk in this driving rain. and had a big yellow rain slicker. So I went to the store. We, I actually ended up getting about 80 balloons because 100 is a lot. <laughs> it was running out of time. And they had smiley faces on them. Silly, very silly. I go outside, and it is raining so hard that the balloons actually are being pelted to the ground. <laughs> so at this point, I'm wondering why I can't be like other forty seven year olds and be at home <laughs> with a cup of tea. And I almost gave up and then I thought, you know what? No, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for at least a block and just see what happens. And so the wind picked up and started blowing pretty hard to the point where I was getting a workout with these balloons. <laughs> and I walked on the street, I was going down Carey Street and people were coming off the highway and I saw their faces. They were lighting up. They were smiling. Mm-hmm. And so I right. thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna count smiles. I'm going to mm-hmm. count smiles. I stopped. Great idea. I stopped at 242. I stopped counting at 242. I think I went for about eight and a half miles. It was so exciting and ridiculous and exciting. <laughs> and the best part about it was, as I was coming back toward my car, after walking eight miles in the driving wind and rain, I saw this license plate, and it said, more joy. Mm more joy and I just we go back to signs from the great universe and I thought thank you very much you know what I'm not normal and it's okay (laughs) the world needs a little more joy and we just did it today with these 80 balloons and (laughs) a little long walk and with that I think we're out of time for today but thank you all for listening and we'll see you here next week
0: next week if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe
1: and share with any of your friends you think might enjoy being a part of this conversation.
0: We'd also love to hear your thoughts and stories. So visit us at www.igotoneforyou.com or email us directly at podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.